self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing. We are Conversation Con Artists. What's going on, people? It's your boy, Mr. On Point. And I am Calamity Red. And we are Conversation Con Artists, back for another wonderful, fantastic episode. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore On Point. And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. Also, we're still doing the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artists, and send it to us that way. Um, if you send us a Reddit post, screen cap it because people be deleting them shits. Very much so. Um, <laughs> let's see. I have an weird fertility situation, uh, a sex traffic question, a question about having friends of the opposite sex, and somebody that uh pretends that they're gonna commit suicide friends of the opposite sex okay i was interested in that one too just because like my I, my whole fucking circle is niggas like the last time my hands are over here I, I looked up and i was just like there's no women here but me <laughs> it's just me mm-hmm. <laughs> so whoever i date is like gonna be it's a lot that 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 can be a lot. <laughs> um, okay, they just title it "Friends of the Opposite Sex." This is going to be a long post, to be honest, but it really isn't compared to some of the posts that we usually see. My husband and I, quite early on in our relationship, established that we wouldn't have friends of the opposite sex because it's just asking for trouble. This means no texting, no video chatting with anyone else, etc. My husband was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer in March, a month after he turned 50. I'm 38. He's on immunotherapy treatment and it's shrinking the cancer he has, but the oncologist has said that it's stage four and it doesn't go away. At some point, the drugs will stop working and they'll have to try another and another until the cancer essentially wins. It was a major shock and we are still in shock and have days where we can't believe this is happening. A few months ago, a few months after his diagnosis, he got into a bad motorcycle accident and was airlifted to the hospital. He's recovered from that as well. He's no longer able to work, is in uh, on a number of medications for depression, sleep, and anxiety issues, and bipolar disorder runs in his family. I got into a bad car accident on Friday with my six-year-old son. Neither of us had any injuries, thank God. My husband didn't sleep all night because of the anxiety over our accident. I found out yesterday that he was that he was sleeping. Wait, I found out yesterday while he was sleeping that he's been in contact with a mutual female f- friend of a guy he used to work with. They're just friends, he says. They've been, they've had phone calls and video chats between them, and she lives in a different state. I take it upon myself to call her and tell her that I'd appreciate her not contacting my husband, as we don't do friends of the opposite sex for various reasons. Our marriage almost ended three years ago because he tried cheating on me before. Jesus Christ. I may sound psycho, I know, but I really don't know what to do. I have come to grips with the reality that I'm likely going to lose my husband to cancer within the next five years, as the survival rate is only 27% after five years. I'm not going to leave my husband. I just don't know whether to let it go or let it be and assume it will all work itself out in the end or not. I communicated with him that we set these parameters for ourselves very early on and that now he's being a hypocrite for doing exactly what we said we wouldn't do. I mean, hmm. 
I mean, first off, let's just get out of the way that I don't think that there is any relationship worth staying in that your insecurities got to create the rules for it. Yeah. Like, if you got to create rules for a reason of infidelity or something like it, that means you're not over it. That means that you're trying to put up a block from it happening, you know, and it also means that it's impacted trust to a level. I don't know. That's just too much energy to stay in a relationship for me. You know, if I really can't deal with that, because it's unnatural to just be like, okay, you can't communicate personally with half of the population (laughs) at all, period. No fucking, I don't care if you're sick. Like, we don't even know the context of the friendship. She could be sick, too, and connecting him because of that. You know, it don't sound like he really just got them getting along, getting around. You know what I'm saying? You know, this nigga sick. It's not like he going clapping cheeks every weekend because, you know, so it's like, so first off, that insecurity shit, that shit got to go. The next thing is like, he agreed he, to it. He agreed to it, yeah, but that insecurity shit, like, this is for her. This message is for her. Okay. You know, this message is like, why are you staying to deal with this? You know, maybe it's a nice little insurance policy in in the mix that, you're just going to have to keep paying on for five years. So if you're going to be grief-stricken, it might as well be in a lavish situation. <laughs> uh, but how did it, I wonder how he almost cheated. <laughs> like, he didn't cheat. So I'm wondering if he actually almost cheated or if she read so deeply into something, which it looked like she would do. Yeah. And just assumed that that meant that he was going to cheat. Like, it's so much wiggle room in it. It's like... He all like did he walk in with them both naked? No, because she would call that cheating. Yeah. If she if she had saw him in a restaurant with somebody, she would call that cheating. So to say almost cheating, I think it's more so her paranoia than the reality that he may have actually <laughs> did something with a woman that everybody would call cheating. You know, which also begs and, and you know, I guess furthering that part of the conversation. It would seem that he's so defeated that he just like, man, my wife crazy. And no matter what I say, she always gonna perceive this as me having cheated on her, almost cheated on her with this girl. So I guess if it make her happy for me to agree to not, you know, communicating with other women, fine. Um, that whole, you can go ahead. I, I'm gonna keep going if you don't stop. I'm the stop whole me. concept of is asking for trouble for men and women to be friends. I hate that shit. I hate that so much because it that's true if you make it true. <laughs> like there is no reason why men and women cannot just be strictly friends. Like there's I don't I don't understand people who have this mentality of oh at some point, you know, they're not gonna be friends. It's gonna become something sexual. Like, no. No. Not in every case. I feel like more often than not, like, again, and this may be, I might be biased because my whole fucking friend circle right now is niggas. (laughs) Who, y'all treat me like the fucking, sometimes the oldest sister, sometimes the youngest sister just kind of depends on the situation, which one of y'all niggas I'm talking to, but, like, it's never anything sexual. Like, it's always just, y'all my niggas. 
So I don't get that concept. And I mean, I, I've always had male friends, so I don't, I don't know. That ain't never made no fucking sense to me. Like even in high school, I had male friends. Like my best friends were male. <laughs> Just, and I don't know if that's because I grew up in a household household full of boys, and I was on the girl. I don't know. I mean, likely. But that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if I met somebody who had a female friend that was his friend and had been his friend, I'm not going to come into that situation and say, well, you don't need to hang out with her no more. Or you don't need to hang out with her as much because I'm around. You know, like, because I'm not going to do that shit. Like, I'm not going to not hang out with my friends. Because here's the thing. When you start doing that shit and start alienating friendships, relationships may or may not last. <laughs> You're going to look at me by your goddamn self. Because <laughs> the relationship ain't going to be in work, and you're going to be in the alienated your friends, and they're just going to be sitting there left with nothing. Nada. I had a situation like that before. It was this, this girl I used to work with named Monica. And uh, she had twin daughters. She was nice. We just worked together. That's it. We had friendly conversations and shit. And... After I quit the job, you know, we were on Facebook and something happened. And I, I think I texted a happy birthday or something. And she was like, you know, I'm in a relationship. I would appreciate it if you didn't text me. What? Yeah. And I'm like, one, we ain't never talked about nothing romantic. I don't talk about nothing freaky. I ain't never bought nothing up that should be inappropriate for the fact that you have a relationship. I'm, I just, I'm just a man. <laughs> and the mere fact that I'm a man and she told me that, you know, she kind of insinuated that this was disrespectful to her relationship when I didn't even know she was in a relationship. <laughs> that I'm like, okay, this is a level of bullshit I ain't really I ain't willing to take on today. <laughs> and I'm like, the level of insecurity that people have to have for that shit, you know. But you know, that's a big part of um uh, a big part of misogyny, like men force women to, because this is this is more when it happens. You know what I'm saying? Like men walk into a relationship with that shit. Like well, women, I don't know, cause so, so when I went to when I got when I was an undergrad, me and one of my um, really good friends from high school ended up going to AUM, and he was a guy. And when I tell you every bitch that was interested in him I don't know if they I'm not gonna say they feel like they had to go through me but like anybody that like liked him would try to like attach themselves to me <laughs> and, and I would be like because you know if he if he decide he's gonna go like fuck somebody else like I don't I don't have nothing to do with that like you, you mean know, once he, he started talking to him or before Oh. Like they would attach themselves to you before they kind of started engaging, so y'all you look more appealing. Yeah. So they look more appealing. Yeah. Or afterwards, so that you would be kind of putting in a good word for them, or letting them know of some bullshit going it on. It would be before. It would be before he would even really have shown like genuine, because like it's, it's it's college, right? So like everybody just whatever. It's not you know nobody falling in love and shit. So, um. Even in the beginning, like, and I, I would be like, I don't know what, what you do. What I'm saying is, this woman made these rules because of something the man did. 
or maybe not necessarily. Well, but... I, I, I know, but I'm saying from an experience, and maybe maybe she just like that. But what I'm saying is that misogyny makes men walk into a relationship and be like, "You can't talk to no other men," you know. Um, who is that dude? You know, that's what men have already. That's that misogyny. That's that ownership shit. That's that, you know, men supposed to, you know, be the only one close to their woman. Well, niggas don't ask me that. <laughs> I don't know if the energy I'm Like, don't nobody come into no situation to be like, you can't hang out with them. Like, of course, by the time they know you, all it takes is two days to know your ass <laughs> <laughs> for somebody to know, oh, shit, we don't do this. <laughs> it only takes two days. Not it, it don't take long because it's inevitable because it's happened with every dude that you talk to. Yeah. He inevitable going to bring up something that red is on that hell no nah shit. <laughs> and it ain't the fact that you're hell no. Nah, you know, because you could be like, well, that's not my flavor. I don't really like that. I'm not into that. It's not my... You'd be like, man, hell the fuck no. I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to on the other end, but let me introduce you to this bitch. Like, that's how you respond to the shit. <laughs> like... Because <laughs> I don't want no question. I don't want you to... I don't want no... Like, it's this is going to be very much clear to you that this is not what we do over here. And that's why you can't use yourself in this <laughs> example because you, men find out in two days or whenever, <laughs> however long it takes them to bring up that bullshit ass statement that you finna challenge the fuck out of the way only Red can challenge some shit is going to show up. When that shows up, then they get it. But everybody ain't got that. <laughs> Most women try to tap dance around men so they don't get a fucking... They, I but bat it. I wish bloop, bloop. Fuck. And there she go. <laughs> there she go. <laughs> That's the red that she, they, she introduced their ass to. <laughs> but That's a fuck know, Big what? <laughs> no. But like, there's so many women have had so many traumatic experiences that I mean, yeah, I, they want yeah. eggshells. They I, want and you, I get it. I mean, I've had guys ask about like, like Gray Shirt. Gray Shirt did ask about like why I had so many male friends. Uh he also asked about his eyebrows. But we're I'm neither here nor there. He did say something about that. But I I always just make it very clear, like you are very much welcome to come and hang out with us and see the vibe and see what it is. But I'm not gonna not hang out with my friends. Like if you wanna be, you know, I'm all for you being more comfortable with it by you coming and like well, not now since COVID, but before COVID, when we do like the Marvel movies, when we go to, you're welcome to come and see how I interact and see how these niggas treat me. And you will, as soon as you see how these niggas talk to me, <laughs> any idea that you have that anything romantic is going on will be quickly eliminated because they talk rough as hell to me. <laughs> Y'all talk like I'm not there <laughs> most of the, the time. The question is, will we talk? To you the same way if a dude was there. I feel like you would. I would. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how everybody else would. I feel like everybody else would, especially cold, like the back and forth that me and Cole, like all of that, I feel like would still happen. <laughs> you gotta make sure he might be a dude sitting over there trying to get his chest swole up, not understanding the situation. <laughs> <laughs> 
because you know even though it's it's you know four niggas over there to whoop his ass only one of them need to get jump into it it's four other niggas but shogun take him out with one little motherfucking <laughs> whoop, whoop. nigga on the ground twitching and shit he be the one that always ready to fight like anytime something happens he just like let's go <laughs> he's not ready to fight he's prepared to take action okay. that's two different wow. things that's two different things. He he got self control. He ain't just trying to like we would have been seeing him, you know, fucking nigga shit up if he was just looking for some fights. <laughs> he just prepared to take action when action need to be taken. That's what I look at it like. Like he's that nigga ready. It's like that's just what it is. He just ready. Period. It don't even matter what ready means in any situation. He is it. Yes. <laughs> so like. Like I, I don't remember know. what one of the movies we would have saw where like the guy was it was when um I think they had just started letting people have alcohol and the guy was like acting drunk and like he ain't even say nothing. He just sat up real straight, took his hat off. And real slow. And real you, slow. Have you ever seen a cat have you ever seen a cat going to get their prey where they be moving real slow? Yeah. But they don't take their eyes off the situation. <laughs> That's how that shit was. He took his hat off real slow. And you know what? Y'all seeing all this shit developing. And I'm just sitting there like, do 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 popcorn, <laughs> previews. And I'm looking up like, what the hell happened? Y'all said some shit was going on. <laughs> you were oblivious to what was going on. See, I don't know if I'm the dude that gets shot in the movie theater because I wasn't paying attention or the dude that survived after all his friends got shot and be like, what the hell just happened? Because <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. But no, yeah, he was just, he just, he didn't say nothing. He didn't, like, go down and say nothing to do. He just, like, got in his stand in case he had to. <laughs> That's what he does. And you know what? There was, a like, a barrier in front of us where it you would have had to jump down. And so it's not like he started shifting over to the side to go down the steps. He was okay. stepping up to the front like yeah. he was going <laughs> to swan dive off of that bitch into that nigga neck. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. He was just gonna get one of them Ninja Turtle poses, just jump up there with his feet on the thing while still holding on to it, and just fucking catapult himself straight forward to this motherfucker <laughs> for a fucking infinity headbutt or some shit. Yeah, I I don't know what he was planning on doing, but just just to see the focus, it is kind of like the big cats when they when they like get shift onto their prey, like he just. Uh-huh. He was watching the previews, dude started acting crazy, and he did all his focus just shifted <laughs> very quietly. Uh, but, yeah, you know. I got to add one more thing. Look, okay. Shogun, if you got a fucking video of, like, some of your techniques and, <laughs> and the, the stuff you do in your craft, I don't know what it is. I don't know what. I'm not even going to say try to pretend like I know which one it is. But whichever martial arts that you practice, if you got a video or something, I'd love to see it because... <laughs> You just don't understand the depth of how much I create that you're capable of in my head. <laughs> I feel like if I saw a video, I have a more realistic take on what you may do in a situation. <laughs> but right now, the, the sky's the limit. You're a combination of a Ninja Turtle, a Batman, goddamn Master Shredder, um, everybody with some martial arts, fucking Bruce Lee, Jet Lee, I all the shit I done seen in anime, I feel like you could do any of that shit. Until I see you do some shit, 
that's just what I'm gonna be assuming. So I like I need to see a video or something, man. Oh shit. How the fuck do we get? We we got I don't fucking know how we got here. Anyway, (laughs) about the friendship. Anybody that would have come and hang out with us, if y'all behave the way that y'all normally behave, I don't feel like any guy would be intimidated by that. Because like y'all treat me like you would treat a sister. Or yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, Ma'am, as far as you with the husband, that man is dying. Like, (laughs) I mean, he ain't like he dying fast, though. I mean, we all dying. I mean, I'm saying, though, but like. Me and you are dying right now. I'm saying, though, like, this nigga got stage four cancer. Like, if he if he just having conversations with somebody, like, you won't really, really take that away from him. Then he'd have been in car accidents and lost jobs and like this nigga's had a bad it's it sounded like a bad time. <laughs> just like relax just a bit. A little bit. At least explore. You know, find out. Hey, what's going on? Like, call the lady and instead of saying, Don't be calling my husband, bitch, we don't do this. <laughs> you know, call her and say, Hey, you know, my name is such and such, I'm such and such his wife. I know he's going through a tough time. I'm going through a tough time. And I just wanted to understand the nature of y'all's relationship before I, you know, be crazy on y'all ass. That would be a lot better. It would be better. You know, I mean, clearly they would both lie, but. I mean, yeah, they were. If they were doing something, they would both lie. But at least you'll be closer to the situation and further away. Because one thing that you got to know, and you can look at this in child behavior, is that. When you tell somebody not to do something that they want to do, they just hide doing it better. Yes. That's all it is. So yeah. if he want to clap cheeks um, with cancer meat, then, you know, <laughs> that's his prerogative. I can't and I won't. Right. Okay, I'm going to move on. Uh, you know, that's I very can't. insensitive to cancer, but, you know, <laughs> everybody got something, goddammit. Oh, my God. You got uh, something, don't you? Mm-hmm. You got something, right? What do you mean I have something? Everybody got something. What do you mean? Niggas gonna make jokes about my narcolepsy or your whatever uh, you got. Oh, what do I, I have sinus issues. I mean, I have surgery on my sinuses. <laughs> I mean, do we put these things on a scale of good to bad? Well, stage four cancer is pretty bad. Like, it's up there. It's bad. It's bad. It took out T'Challa. So, but whatever, whatever thing somebody got right now that ain't as bad as it's gonna be, gonna be bad at some point. <laughs> Not my narcolepsy. Apparently, the doctor said that whatever you got, you got. <laughs> he said if whatever your narcolepsy is today is probably gonna be like that for a long ride. <laughs> that's normally how narcolepsy rolls. It don't get like worse. Well, that's good. Yeah. Oh, okay. This one, because this, this is a 23-year-old female, 24-year-old boyfriend. My boyfriend cheats on me, and I can't break up with him because he attempts suicide when I try to leave. You've done something like this before, ain't you? Have I? I Probably. Well, you know, this shit probably happens so much across the fucking... It does. Yeah, so... How do I leave my boyfriend in five years? By fucking leaving. 
He's cheated on me the entirety of our relationship. I only found out after three years of dating and broke up with him at the time. He threatened suicide if I didn't come back. So I ended up back in a relationship with him so he wouldn't do it. Girl, I convinced him to go see a doctor and he was prescribed uh, prescribed antidepressants, but he doesn't take them regularly. He refuses to see a therapist or a counselor. He didn't stop lying and cheating, so I tried to leave him again about six months later when I thought he was stable enough to handle it, but he overdosed because of me and went to the hospital. First of all, okay, let me finish this because I got a lot to say. <laughs> I care about him, but I feel trapped in this relationship and I just want to leave. It's making me more depressed every day. I'm struggling to keep in touch with reality because I daydream so much to escape. I recently found out he's joined another dating site and desperately want to leave. I want to tell his parents what's happening so they can help me leave him and keep him safe, but he won't tell them because he thinks they'll disown him if they find out about the cheating. I don't want to be stuck like this forever. I wanted to leave two years ago and I'm still with him. Girl, ma'am, you're not responsible for him committing suit. Like, he did not commit try to overdose because of you. Like, that's not your responsibility. I wonder if that's his narrative once he tried to kill himself or if she just assumes that her actions led to what it was. I wonder. I don't know. I think that makes a difference. A little difference, but I think it makes a difference. Well, I mean, if he's doing this directly after she leaves or saying he's going to do this when she's saying, I'm breaking up with you. I mean, there's a cause and effect that would make sense for her to draw. But this is, that's manipulation. Like, <clears throat> that's not true being suicidal. That's, I'm going to do this so that you don't go nowhere. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess it is something to draw if that happens but i wonder how many times he's tried to commit suicide without the catalyst being her it don't sound like it don't sound like he has outside of her hmm. like to me what this sounds like is a situation in which he knows he can use that to keep her around right so like after he gets caught cheating or whatever and she says i'm gonna leave and he's like I, i'm gonna kill myself if you, i can't live without you don't I, I'm going to kill myself. And the fact that he, like, overdosed and actually, like, took pills one of these times further probably makes her feel like she's responsible. But you know, listen. Let me tell you something. <laughs> that ain't a lie you would be able to use on me. Like, if, I, if you cheated on me and then I'm telling you that I'm going to leave you and you said, if you leave, I'm going to kill myself. Okay, nigga, then. Yeah, this is a harsh reality. Sometimes you gotta leave somebody that's gonna die after you go. If that's, Especially if it's if that's, causing you your that's, mental yeah. well being. If that's the move they're willing to make, if you leave, motherfucker gotta die. And it's a choice on his part. That ain't got nothing to do with you. Like that ain't got nothing to do with me, my with me, my you. Like if that's what you wanna do, go ahead. Because I'm leaving regardless. Whatever you decide to do with this information of me leaving, Godspeed. But I'm still leaving. So. But, you know, 
what this does is it just raises questions about the context behind um, relationships where somebody is held hostage by another person's mental health. Yeah. She ain't the only person that's experiencing this. It's men out there experiencing this and women out there experiencing this right now, the same way. Yeah. I mean, this isn't the first one we've read like this. Like, this is, especially people that have like, like those really bad personality disorder borderlines. Like, this is a regular occurrence with them. Yeah, it's bad. But, you know, you can't hold, you know, hold yourself accountable for somebody else's behaviors and actions. Uh, all you can do is control for yourself. And if a cho- person chooses to end it, you know, I mean, there's going to be some shit. She's going to have to go to counseling and deal with grief-wise. But, oh, yeah. but uh, you can't let people hold you down like that, man. This is not healthy for you. You know, what if what if you looked into a crystal ball and stand what that person led to your death? You know, at what point would you decide that you need to leave despite what may happen to them? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not I think sometimes people view doing what's best for them as being selfish. It's not being selfish. You are doing what's best for you. And that person has the right and an opportunity to do what's best for them. And if what they deem is best for them, if he thinks that they're taking them pills, then, go, you know, again, Godspeed, good luck. But what that ain't got nothing to do with me. Yeah. Because I'm responding to the behavior that you exhibited. Now, because of the behavior that you exhibited, now you want to kill yourself. No, nigga. You good. I'm good. No, thanks. No, thanks. Um, this is weird. My ex-wife and I divorced because I was infertile and unwilling to use a sperm donor. How should I tell her that my girlfriend is pregnant? (laughs) How do you tell them that you're... I'm sorry, I missed that. (laughs) My ex-wife and I divorced because I was infertile and unwilling to use a sperm donor. How should I tell her that my girlfriend is pregnant? Why do you have to? Exactly. So the ex-wife is 38, he's 38, and the girlfriend's 24. My ex-wife is a complete girly girl who loves children and always wanted a big family. She's a primary school teacher and was a doula for her sister's births. We started trying when we were both 28 and have been married for five years. After 18 months without success, we both got fertility testing. I was found to be infertile. I went through several diagnostic procedures and treatments that, frankly, I would like to forget. I was told the odds of me conceiving naturally were close to zero. We considered IVF, but the specialist said it was not viable. The whole episode took about five years from beginning to resignation. I was upset, but my ex-wife was devastated. She was briefly hospitalized for an acute depressive episode in 2015. It did not help that her younger sister had five children by the time. God damn. That's a whole different situation. My ex-wife wanted to use a sperm donor. I understand that that biology isn't everything, but despite counseling and my best efforts at rationalization, I could never moderate the feeling of revulsion at the idea of choosing to raise another man's child. 
I knew I could never see the child as mine, maybe a stepchild at best. Uh, my sister-in-law called that toxic masculinity. So unstoppable force meets an immovable object, deal breaker. We divorced in 2017. It was a strange divorce. We both loved and supported each other throughout. We were still living together for about six months after the finalization when my ex-sister-in-law started finding men for my ex-wife to date. I then made myself scarce. We briefly reunited numerous times during the next year and are in each other's wider circle, social circle to this day. As I understand it, she has had no long-term relationships since our divorce and surprisingly no children. In mid-2018, I met my current girlfriend. I revealed my infertility early in the relationship. She said she always thought she would have children, but she was young enough that by the time she was ready, maybe they could fix me. <laughs> I pointed out that this was setting up both of us for future heartache, but I had fallen for her, so I wasn't going to argue. In April this year, she missed her period. When the test came back positive, her first reaction was to go into full panic mode and swear she had never cheated on me. I never doubted her, but realized that's what every cheated on partner says. But hey, you can now get a prenatal paternity blood test as early as seven weeks. Who knew? The baby is mine. We are both delighted. I went to a fertility doctor to see if anything had changed. It hadn't. How did this happen then? His answer, you won the lottery. <laughs> Part of my problem was that the few sperm I did produce were deformed, so we, we have undertaken every available prenatal screening. This is why we have only told four other people, but now we have the all clear. I share numerous friends and acquaintances with my ex-wife. We cannot conceal this from her. I know her, and although it has been two years since we were close, I know this will devastate her. My girlfriend knows all the history and is totally supportive. She thinks that telling my ex-wife before she finds out is the right thing to do. How should I go about it? Should I contact my ex-wife's sister or mother so they can be there? Maybe write a letter they can they can deliver, tell her to her face? I don't know. I do not want to cause my ex-wife any more pain than is inevitable. Um, okay, so that makes it that makes my initial response complicated in terms of why do you have to tell her? Yeah. So you do need to tell her. But the sister is a asshole. Don't worry <laughs> about her. Don't don't bring her into the equation. Mama needs it. This is like personal shit. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure her parents and sister know about her inability to conceive, but this is between you and her, and she needs to spread that information out to whoever she chooses to. Um, because that shit may come with embarrassment, shame, guilt, you know, well, it what's wrong with me. It wasn't her inability. He was the issue. His sperm and stuff was the issue. Like but she but it's going to be hard not to believe that in that moment, though. Oh, because he went on to get some. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. You I know, mean, like, well, they not have, like, I want, like, if, I don't know, if one in a hundred sperm work. You just got to have a lot of sex to get it cranked up. Well, I here's guess. what I've heard. And I, you know what? I feel like I might, this might be something that I might deal with just because of how old I'm, I am now. But I think that what happens a lot of times when people are so focused on creating a baby, like that stress of trying all the time, because you have to like, you have to have like is the temperature right am i ovulating like all of these things have to be in to, into place for this shit to work and you have to keep up with so many things and so it becomes not even about just having sex with your partner it's like we making a baby we got it like it's a job and I, I think a lot of times stress from doing that 
like on a situation where his sperm already wasn't the best sperm, and then you put stress and anxiety on the sperm. Once he had it, you know, the the one or two good sperm he had made it to the they made it to the to the egg. Cause they weren't worried about not having, you know, him not being able to conceive or give her mm-hmm. a baby. They were just fucking. Yeah, how you like <laughs> look? I can't have kids. I'm shooting the club up. Yeah. Period. <laughs> She's like, okay. And then, you know, that's what happened. And now they're having a baby. Yeah, that's man. hard. Oh. And I mean, the thing about it, she gonna take it hard either way. Um I, I, I applaud him for wanting to make it as painless for her as possible, but it's just one of those situations where the shit just, you know. Because the doctor's not even saying, like, he's not infertile now. They're still saying, you still got these issues. You just, like, happen to win the lottery on this one. Like, one in a million shot. <laughs> it just happened. And again, I think that probably is because that stress that comes with that like anybody that I've known that's gone through like fertility issues, that shit is stressful. It's stressful on the man, it's stressful on the woman, regardless of whose fault, and I'm using quotation marks, whose the the issue is, whether it's his sperm or her egg or whatever, that shit is stressful. And so you already got a, a, a um, system that's not working the way that it needs to. And then you putting this added stress on said system. <laughs> And it just makes it even worse, I think. So for me, him being able to do this, I think probably just because they weren't like, it was, they was just fucking. Mm-hmm. As opposed to trying to make a baby. That's hard. I mean, she, it is. She, she have a baby. I do yeah. like that he's, he feels the obligation to make sure that she knows and to be able to manage this as well as she can. Yeah. But now it's time for her to get her groove back. Cause like I said, the thing that what was from what he said, her, she could have been had a baby if she wanted. I mean, cause she asked him about, you know, using a sperm donor. He just he wasn't comfortable with that. But she could do that on her. Like she has options. It's not like she can't have a baby. She just couldn't have his baby. And you know, let's address the toxic masculinity comment. That was bullshit. Uh, that is not no fucking toxic masculinity, okay? (laughs) It's a very reasonable expectation that a person that want a child with they mate will have a child with they mate. And not wanting it to be the seat. Like, essentially, a man would have to say, I just want to raise a child to accept that. You know, and I think it's okay if a man don't accept that. That yep. don't make it toxic masculinity. No. You know, because the reality is I want to raise my child. I don't want to raise somebody else's child. And that can just go for, like, adoption. That can go for, you know, if you lose your kids. <laughs> I don't want to raise your kids either. Hell, like, <laughs> you can not want to raise kids that ain't yours because you're not going to be as invested in them as as your own. That's just how it works. And I mean, people at, look, there is nothing wrong with wanting to see yourself in your child and wanting to see how your DNA 
mix with somebody. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. So I hate when people shame folks that don't want to adopt or like people that that you know want to. Yes, there are plenty of kids that need to be adopted. That is very true. That that you can't take away somebody's right though to want to see their genetic offspring as well. Like you can't do that. You can't <laughs> try to shame somebody and say, "Well, shame on you for not wanting to adopt." Like, no, they have the right to want to have genetically attached offspring to them. That's perfectly all right. It's not toxic masculinity. That's some bullshit for her sister to even say that. And that just leads me to believe that getting a sister involved with this part process, that she ain't going to be helpful. She's not going to be helpful at all. Mm-mm. She sounds fucking crazy. Uh, the last one I have is a question about <laughs> she's asking if her online boyfriend is trying to sex traffic her. If you gotta ask, it's probably so. <laughs> like, like if there are things that are happening that make you ask the question, because listen, I done had online, I've dated online, and at no point have I ever been like, is he trying to sex traffic me? <laughs> like, you gotta ask. Probably so. Is my online boyfriend trying to sex traffic me? Please help. Guys, I'm in a desperate need of help. I think I'm dealing with a sex trafficker and I really don't know where to post this. Here's some background information. So the thing is, I met this guy on an online dating website a year ago. He was sweet, caring, and we clicked on so many levels. He seemed like a healthy, mature person to me. But after taking a break from what we had, I noticed a bunch of weird and suspicious behaviors. Let me list them. He asked if we could have sex and have it taped early on. Why would he ask something for something like that so he could use them against me in the future? Okay, she might be a little. <laughs> he asked for nudes one month in. Niggas do that. They ask for nudes, send dick pics. They do that. Uh, on the first day of us matching, he asked if I could marry him and have kids with him. He was rushing me into shit in a very assertive manner. He knew that I'm saving myself for marriage. This just. <sighs> Three days later, he said he needs to delete the dating app and he made me download another one to talk first month then i felt like i was being rushed into things like talking to him when i wasn't emotionally attached at all he insists on having my phone number and address or at least social media accounts or that i send him pictures of my whereabouts or stores that i visit what the fuck kind of shit is this like <laughs> this <laughs> he's 32 and i'm 18. I lied and told him I'm 22 when we first matched for privacy reasons. Now he knows my real age and he didn't seem bothered. He knows I'm from a third world country. Girl. <sighs> and he encouraged me to fly over to work in his first world country and live with him. He can't call me from his home. He said he's living with his ex, but a few months ago, he finally moved out. The fact that he knows I come from an economically shitty country and that my family life is so damaged he often mirrors a lot of my personality traits in a weird way. Like his personality depends on mine. He changes his opinion and core values to match mine most of the time. The fact that he resembled me is what made me attracted to him. Maybe this is a strategy to create fake understanding and chemistry. Ma'am. Ma'am. Come on, girl. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sweetie. Your mic is off if you're talking. I, I don't even... <laughs> why the fuck is this a letter? Like, how stupid can she be? 
How stupid can she be? This is not. This ain't what smart people. It's not. But Dude, I didn't read the thing beforehand, so like all this was a surprise to me as I was reading it. There is no reason why somebody should want pictures of where you are. like all of this. This this how I feel. Have you ever seen um what's the Liam Neeson movie? Um, Taken. Mm-hmm. You seen Taken? Yeah. What pissed me off when I watched Taken for the first time? Is that these two dumbass little white girls? You go to a place where, and it was more one than the other, but you in a place that you don't know, and you readily giving all of this information to somebody that you just met, thinking that everybody is nice, and, and this you just don't do that. And like they weren't even there for a full goddamn day before they got abducted. Like y'all didn't even make it a day because you giving out all your information and shit, and, and, and inviting niggas over to your house, like. Common sense, man. You know, like you don't even have to be. I'm a suspicious bitch. Okay. I am. I watch too much ID channel. I freely admit that. Okay. I probably look at situations in a very different way than most people do because of all the ID channel that I watch. And I'm aware of that. However, even with me not doing that, everything that she just typed out is like common sense shit that this is not okay and it's problematic. Like, you finna be trafficked, 100%. That's what's finna happen. Yeah, it is. Obviously. Like, girl, the fuck? I don't know. That's, you have any Reddits? Yeah, because I, I don't even want to. Only thing I say about that is about the taking is that white privilege. Because white women are so protected in America, no matter what they fucking do, that, yeah, they're going to go over to another country and feel like they protected regardless. Akira, come on over to the house guy that I just met on the bus. Like, uh, That's how protected they are. That is terrible. That's how the, like, if a that's white girl, if a, if a black dude go up to a white girl and say, hi, how you doing, ma'am? A white man just appear out of nowhere. <laughs> that's just how it happened in America. Motherfucker just appear out of nowhere and is ready to save her life if it needs saving. You know, and that's racism. Well, they got the shit trafficked out of You know, I don't mention on the show before that I know a girl who we worked with, and my cousin was joking about getting with her. It's a white girl. And she was like, Oh no, I couldn't I couldn't do anything with a black guy because my dad would go crazy because when my mom was pregnant with me. She was shot by a black man. Oh yeah, I remember. And I was like, "Well, if he if you were shot by a fucking white man, would he be hurting you over the niggas?" <laughs> like the reasons that people justify their racism is is regardless. Like, okay, you happen to find a reason in your life that makes you say, "I'm gonna mass apply this to all of these people," and this is what it means. That's trash. <laughs> You know, so it is what it is, but you're about to get trafficked if you don't cut this shit off real <laughs> soon. You probably gave too much information already <laughs> since you come in read it, talking about all the stuff he asked for and then carrying on like you still communicating with him. So, nah. About to get trafficked. That's what's going to happen. So, I got three. 
Um, let's do two of them. Okay. Am I the asshole for ungrounding my daughter after my husband grounded her because his reason for grounding her was stupid? Uh. Am I the asshole for telling my brother's girlfriend the real we reason my brother wants a paternity test because he's telling her something else? Uh. Am I the asshole my wife got my sister fired? Ooh, let's uh let's go with that first one. All right. Parenting. My husband in 2019 lost his job of 10 years and had to take up very low paying ones. My daughter, 15, has been doing commercials, modeling, and acting jobs since she was six. Since 2020, my husband's income has been cut even more. I don't work and have never worked. As such, most of the money we use has come from my daughter who says she wants to use her nest egg to help us out with stuff like rent for the house we live in right now, utilities, and bought me a really nice tote for my birthday. My daughter has worked nonstop for nearly 10 years and now she wants to have some fun with her friends. However, my husband decides to, to get strict and tell her that her curfew is 11 p.m. She decides on Monday to go out with friends from the neighborhood. My husband texts her at 11.05 and says if she's not home in 15 minutes, they're going to have a problem because she didn't call ahead. She says back, I'll be home when the Uber I decide to call puts pulls up in the damn driveway. Don't forget to turn off the lights I pay for. <gasps> she gets home at 1230 and my husband is mad at her snark and her rule breaking and grounds her for three days. Tuesday morning, he goes away to see his mom with cancer. He calls later saying that he's going to be gone for a couple of days because she's in bad shape. Tuesday afternoon, I tell my daughter that I'm ungrounding her and that her dad was wrong to ground her and that we cannot begin to repay her for her support. I feel like my husband's curfew is stupid because she's homeschooled and doesn't need to wake up early. Second, my husband tries to treat her like a child, yet apparently she thinks she's adult enough to pay nearly all our bills. I think it's hypocritical that the my house, my rules is being abused because our daughter is the one paying for most of our expenses from her own money. Am I the asshole? I feel like my husband is robbing our daughter of her agency and this is a shitty way of repaying her for supporting us until he finds better work. My husband found out she was at a house party through Instagram and is texting me angry messages, but I text back that he had no right to ground her in the first place. Ma'am! Ma'am! Listen, and like, you know what? I'm glad because like most of the time when you do these am I the asshole, I'm always like, you're not the asshole. You are the asshole, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, you are. First of all, so many things wrong with this situation. How old is the daughter? 15. The fact that you two grown motherfuckers are both okay sitting on your asses while this 15-year-old pays bills in the house. You included, ma'am, talking about you ain't never worked and you ain't never had no fucking interest in working. You're a goddamn mother, ma'am. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. Your husband lose his job, so you just go and pimp your daughter out, essentially, as a, a, a fucking model and, and let her pay the bills. And what kind of motherfucking... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, ma'am, you are the asshole. Oh, oh, okay. the parentification of the child. So let's start. Let's start something. Okay, you're, I can't see you. So the, it is the job of a parent to give a child the tools that they need to survive without them. And you got 18 years to do it. And really only four or five that they're coherent enough to understand shit for real. <laughs> so you got from about 13 to 18 to really teach your child some shit that they need to know to survive without you. Yes. And boundaries is one of those things. Yes. And respect is one of those things. And common courtesy is one of those things. She broke boundaries. She did not respect and she did not provide common courtesy. Okay. She furthermore, probably because of mama, haven't learned that the family is a working revolving system. 
everybody contributes to the system when they have to, when they need to. If the fact that she invests in that system with her own money as a child is the reason that she feels like she should be able to do whatever the fuck she want to do, then you need to stop taking her money and fucking struggle. Yep. You know, because the most important part of this system is that your child learn boundaries. But the reality is at 15, if she talking and acting like this, she probably too far gone. I'm sure because she's and and mama is just an enabler for her bullshit too. To say that she's homeschooled so that the cur- the curfew is not about her needing to get up early, ma'am. That's not what curfews. <laughs> I mean, I guess a part of curfews could be that. Did you fix your camera? This is very disconcerting. Um, the that I mean, that's a part of it, but. One, she's 15 and don't need to be out at all times of the fucking night. We just got through talking about fucking trafficking, ma'am. Your daughter going to get snatched up by something. Like, it's a safety thing. So, you saying she shouldn't have no fucking curfew because she she be in homeschool and shit. Like, you, your daughter's not an adult. She's not. And what you're doing is parentifying her because of the fact that she's, you know, paying bills and buying you purses and shit. Like, what in the hell kind of shit is that? Yes, ma'am, you are the asshole. You're, the, you're a big-ass, big-ass asshole. Like, huge, huge. Like, I can't. <laughs> what? And then she was disrespectful as fuck. Not only did, when her father, like, is like, bring your ass home. She disrespectful as hell, talking about all the shit she do in the house and, you know, turn my lights off and all of this shit. And you unground her? Because you don't think that she deserved to be grounded? You are a... Oh, man. All right. So let's read some of the uh, comments. (sighs) This dude said, Ish, Jesus Christ, get a job. No 15-year-old should be the primary breadwinner in a house with two adults. And the fact that she's like, I've never had a job. So most of our income comes from such and such. Like, get a job. You get a job. All right, you're the asshole. A 15-year-old should have some sort of discipline. 11 p.m. is a reasonable curfew, and your daughter was incredibly disrespectful to her dad. By ungrounding her, you not only endorse her bad behavior by furthering, but further rebuke any authority your husband may have had. You're not acting as a partner or a parent. Also, maybe both you and your husband should focus on working instead of mooching off your child. Because it's like she's blaming him for them living off of him. You need a parent. Not one cent of your child's money should be spent on you, but I suspect you're a troll, so whatever. You know, people be thinking these people yeah. are lying. So let's let's say something about a child that works from 6 to 15, technically that money ain't theirs. You know what I'm saying? That's why in Hollywood, kids be, they don't, a lot of that money don't get released to them until they're 18, right? Yeah. Parents got to put them into this shit. They usually, what's supposed to happen is the parents are supposed to give what I would do is I would give my child enough money for them to be extremely happy, well taken care of, have everything they need, and take care of their world around them. Like it would be really irresponsible if my child made ten thousand dollars a year modeling from six years old. Well, let's say twenty five thousand dollars a year for modeling from six, years, and I just put and I just gave that child twenty five thousand fucking dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's stupid as fuck if you're a parent. And so she been working from six to 15. They acting like she got them, you know, 
got up and put her clothes on and fixed herself some coffee and some breakfast and, <laughs> you know, been doing all that shit since six years old. A lot of the stuff that she's had to do probably up until 12 or 13, parents probably have had to get her to doing that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think it's something to go along with the idea that they they calling all her money her money and allowing her to believe that her money is what's holding up the system. Like, she ain't old enough to legally have a fucking job. Well, 14, I guess you can 14. have a job in some situations. Yeah. Um, but technically, ain't and, you know, they don't see it as her money. Okay, you're the asshole. Sabotaging the other parent is never a good move. That nope. your daughter pays the bills doesn't make her adult. She's still a teenager who needs to have rules, boundaries, guidance, and a united front from her parents. Your daughter needs to be parented, and that means setting limits whether she's supporting you or not. Two, curfews are about getting kids home before they can do a bunch of stuff they shouldn't be doing, not so much about waking up in the morning. As an aside, have you thought of getting a job so that the money your daughter earns can actually be her nest egg? <laughs> You're the asshole. An 11 p.m. curfew isn't strict for a 15-year-old. The way she behaves screams beat. I don't know what that means. With her ass? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> well, she's 15 with rules to follow that aren't unreasonable. If you don't want your daughter's money to go toward renting bills, how about you find a job? Your husband is the only adult living in that household. You should work and earn money for your bills and rent. You should also keep your daughter grounded. You should also have your daughter follow her parents' rules. Yeah, I mean, this, same shit. Yeah. Keep your ass a fucking job. Yeah. Your husband ain't all the way right for living off of it, but it don't sound like he's doing this shit on purpose. Yeah. You know, it sounds like he's lost job after job, and then now Corona's here, and, you know, mm-hmm. he everybody's fucked up with the income shit. It's not like your husband was like, hey, baby, we're going to live off our daughter and just let her do whatever the fuck she want to do because we're living off of her. You know, and so to treat it like he ain't attempting to provide for the family, you know, is crazy as hell. But Especially you know. when she most definitely is not. Like, for you to even feel a need to say, I've never really had an interest in working, bitch. Oh my god. She's definitely the asshole. She's a terrible person. She's a terrible person, a terrible parent. And that shit gonna come back to bite you in your ass because now now it's you and her against the dad. But when she turned that mouth on you and started putting you in your motherfucking place mm-hmm. and started taking away money from you, then you you gonna really be feeling it. Yeah. Right now this is directed towards dad. But when that shit gets started, get directed towards you and you want to be treated like mom again and you want to have the respect of mom, shit gonna be gone. Done so. Last one I'm gonna read. What the fuck? Your daughter is 15 and paying her parents' bills? I will not labor her an asshole. You and your husband are huge assholes. What the hell? What the heck is going on in this household? Someone please get a job and stop taking money from this literal child. What the heck did I just read? Your daughter was disrespectful and that's grounds for grounding, but I'm sure it's happy-go-lucky she's pretending to be to pick up both y'all slack. It's not good for her and probably building reasonable resentment. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe I'm just approved, but what the heck is a 15-year-old doing out past 11 p.m.? Is no one else concerned about this? This whole post is weird. What a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> this person is named Kitty Puppy Fishes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, the motherfucking crazy. What was All that right. too? Uh, am I the asshole for telling my brother's girlfriend the real reason my brother wants a paternity test is because he's telling her something else? And my wife got my sister fired. Why is that your business? Like, why is it for you to tell? Don't know. So that's Let's the one you choose. 
I want to find out why she feels like she even need to be involved in this. <laughs> the first sentence make it sound like he just resent his brother somewhat anyway. <sighs> My brother may be one of the dumbest people alive. I watch a lot of reality TV shows, and last month I was watching episodes on YouTube of a show called Divorce Court and Paternity Court. My brother came into the living room while I was watching the latter, and we started watching together. We had a mini competition to see if we could guess if the guy in question is or isn't the father. He kept saying things like, the baby looks just like him. Look at the ears, nose, that's his kid, and other things like that. And when the results came back and the guy isn't the father, he would be so shocked. Or if it was between two different men, he would choose the guy that he thought resembled the baby more. And when it would be the other guys, he was awestruck. I explained to him that you can't just go off of facial features to determine paternity, but it is a good indicator. That was like a month ago. My brother's girlfriend called my mom recently crying, saying that my brother was having doubts that their five-year-old daughter is his, and that for the past few weeks, he's been distant with the both of them. This was news to all of us. I called my brother and asked him what was up. He said he just wants 100% proof that his daughter is his. I asked him where this was coming from, and he said nowhere. I said that my niece looks just like him and our family, and then he said that I'm a hypocrite because I told him you can't go off looks to determine DNA. Then I put two and two together and realized this was stemming from us watching the paternity show. So because he kept guessing wrong, he thinks that he's wrong and his daughter being his. I told him, did his dumbass tell that to his girlfriend? And he admitted he told her that her ex called and said that he was sleeping with her right before she was meant to conceive. So he, she gives in to the test because he knows his reasoning is dumb. I hung up and called my sister-in-law to tell him the, tell her the reason that my brother called me cussing me out because she refuses to take the test he ordered online and now is taking him to court for a court ordered test along with child support because she's breaking up with him. He told me I ruined his life because now his DNA test comes with a cost of a monthly child support when before she was willing to take the test to prove to him she wasn't cheating. <laughs> I'm conflicted. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more conflicted than I thought I was going to be because uh, it wasn't your business but your brother is an asshole. And this whole thing is, I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was going to be pretty cut and dry. Um, Bruh, the, the baby is five. <laughs> he went five years without watching a paternity show, watched a paternity show with his brother, and then deduced from that that this baby might not be mine. And the fact that he could be so easily swayed into <laughs> believing yeah. this. Like what show would he be in a um what character would he be in one of these TV shows? Like he'll be Waldo in Family Matters. He would. <laughs> he'll he'd be Cody in Step by Step. He'd oh, be yeah. not Sean. What is a what would Boy Meets World? What was his brother's name? Oh, Eric. He'd be he'd Eric. be Eric in Boy Meets World. <laughs> What's other black shows in the dumb character on there? Uh oh. what was the dumb character in um Moesha, you did you watch that? I didn't really watch Moesha. Okay, me either. So let's go Parks and Rec. He would be Andy in Community. He would be Troy, which is Childish Gambino character. Uh, and and uh, and Doug. He would be Skeeter, even though Skeeter turned out to be a genius at some point. And Rugrats. Who was the dummy? Was Chucky? Chucky was more scared, not stupid. Chucky was more scared. I don't know that anybody was dumb. Angelica was like a jerk, but like, I don't know. Was one of the adults stupid? I don't really remember. I, I don't remember either. Name some more shows. What's another show with dumb characters? He would be oh, all okay, the um, Jazz on, on Fresh Prince, Cole 
Oh, Martin. Martin. Yeah. Um. What's other? Show? I'm trying to think of some more shows, but every uh, show got a dumbass person. Everybody here. He would be Overton on Living Single. Overton had heart though. Well, it was either him or Sinclair. They the only two stupid ones. Sinclair. Thank you, you <laughs> Sinclair. Yeah, Sinclair. <laughs> because you know, uh, they had Overton standing up for shit at some point in the show. Sinclair always kind of been a dunce, <laughs> <laughs> even though you know they both was on that on that scale of dumb. Like you know. just the fact that you watch this show. <sighs> And I still maintain that, you know, it probably wasn't the brother's place, but he was being dumb. And, like, he really ain't got nobody to blame for himself But this. Not only did you, not only did you, like, uproot this girl and, and her child's life with this bullshit, you came up with a bullshit-ass reason about talking about her ex called around the time and all of this shit knowing that that shit ain't even true you made that shit up she she should have broke up with you and you should have to pay child support because you're dumb Why and, yet, you and, and he's this just bringing this up can deeply impair your relationship for a long time yes. and he was willing to impair his relationship just to to try to this have some fucking show like, you know, do it. Can't you do this shit secretly? You can. Can't you just take your fucking daughter to <laughs> like can't you just take your fucking daughter? Hey babe, me and me and um honey boo boo finna go and have an ice cream date. You know, is that okay? You know, yeah, go ahead. Damn, y'all never spend one on one time together. Take her down to the goddamn clinic and then threaten her if you tell your mama this, I'm a killer. And then, you know, <laughs> no, that's how you keep kids from saying shit. You gotta threaten to kill somebody. I just and then and then get them her fucking swabbed and let that shit come back and booyah, you good. You know, like you, you don't have this, to bring that shit up and you know that it's your baby now. This much doubt came from you watching a fucking probably scripted ass TV show. Like I don't <laughs> Your brother is dumb. He's right. The first sentence, so he said his brother's dumb. Yeah, he is. He's dumb. He is. Yeah. I mean, he is kind of an asshole because this wasn't his place. It wasn't his business. I mean, I get it because I would have, I probably would have did the same thing. My brother pulled some shit like this. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, is you serious? I feel like, I feel like my original desire to call. Him the asshole was nullified by all of the rest of the <laughs> contents of the situation. I feel like, you know, okay, from first tell, yeah, you an asshole, but now it's like the your brother a bigger asshole than you in this? He is. And so and the reality is, is a woman shouldn't have to deal with a man for more than five years of this. She probably know he's stupid. She she probably didn't know that he would be stupid enough to turn it over here, you know, to him or to her. And that's what, so I don't think he the asshole, man. I wonder what the people saying. (laughs) Not the asshole. He should stop watching TV shows if he gonna get suspicious of somebody all the time. (laughs) Not the asshole. Your brother was a liar and is now getting what he deserved. It also sounds like he's not the brightest light in the harbor. (laughs) 
<laughs> Not the asshole, and then he put in quotations. My brother may be one of the dumbest people alive. I agree. Yes. Not the asshole. Your brother ruined his relationship. Not you. Good for you for not allowing him to lie to her and accuse her of cheating since he falsely claimed he got a call from her ex. You did the right thing. She deserves better. Not the asshole. He basically told her without any good reason that she cheated on him and had another guy's daughter. So, yeah, no wonder she's dumping him. That's on him, not you. Your brother needs to smarten up. <laughs> Nobody believes he's the asshole. Yeah. Oh, okay. We got, so we got a dissenting, we got a dissenting one. Okay. Shame on all of you for saying not the asshole. The bro is clearly not the sharpest tool in the shed. He should have already married his girlfriend after five years and a baby. He should have asked for the paternity test five years ago. He had any doubts at the time. He also lied to his girlfriend about why he wanted the test. That's on him. But what I understand from original post is that original host bros wanted a paternity test. Then original post to call him up and ask why. He says that he just wants to be sure, obviously, because he has doubts. However, OP learns that bro lied to his girlfriend about why he wanted the test. In the ensuing argument, bro calls OP a hypocrite and cites the TV show as a reference. OP goes on to assume bro is only asking for the test because he wants to prove a stupid point. OP tries to control the situation, which is not OP's business to control, by telling bro's girlfriend that OP's assumption regarding bro's motives as though it were fact. This starts a chain of events that eventually leads to bro being screwed out of his paycheck and a fulfillment as a father instead of having a chance to be involved father with the court without court interference. For the next 13 years, OP could have had the conversation with bro as any caring sibling would do, but there was never any reason OP should have told bro's girlfriend about it. What bro told OP was in confidence. OP should have never shared that info, but the fact that the result was catastrophic to bro makes it far worse. I would also like to point out that since bro's girlfriend initially agreed to take the test based on the lie, which was that her ex told bro that they had been sleeping together just before bro pretty much confirms that they had been. No. Oh, hell no. First I of mean, all. I was with your logic to the very last statement. <laughs> it sounds like he one of them niggas that be mad at women. Because <laughs> yeah. the reason that she agrees is because she knows that it's fucking baby. So it's like, okay, nigga, if that's what you need, then here, you can have that because I, I wasn't fucking it. That doesn't that I don't even know why you would think that that would mean that she must have been having sex with him. Also, you're assuming that had the brother not said anything to her, that she wouldn't have just already been pissed off of him asking for a paternity test five years fucking later. Like, there is no guarantee that she wouldn't have broke up with his motherfucking ass anyway. Because you just came out of the blue with this shit. You just came out of nowhere with this five years later. So your assumption that everything would have been hunky door if the brother hadn't said anything and she and they just would have went back to, you know, the status quo is not even, you don't even know that that would have been the case. Because she probably grudgingly agreed to this test, probably was pissed. And so most of the people processing this situation is looking at it in the terms of the brothers, the the not sharp brothers' behavior. Yes. And now this person is going with the the measure of outcome. Like this is what they're basing their response on. All in all, regardless of whether the girlfriend knew the truth or not. A paternity test was going to be taken. Mm-hmm. If she, if if older brother wouldn't have intervened, then the younger brother would have just gotten his answers because his girlfriend agreed to do it. And even though he had a lot to do it, it would have been a less imprint on the family. He could have been like, "Oh, I was a dick for thinking that way. I'm sorry. I got my family. I know it's mine." He looking at it like the brother's involvement made this shit like so much worse. So. That's how they that how this person is measuring it by the the full blown outcome metric. Of but what he happened. shouldn't have like first and then to say oh he's just assuming because 
he called him a hypocrite about the show. No, it, I listen. I'm with him. He saw that motherfucking show. He kept being wrong about what who looked like who, and that is why he decided to go get a have his girlfriend have a motherfucking paternity test. That's exactly why. Because he doesn't have a legit. If he had a legit reason, he would have came up with it. He made up a reason. He lied to come up with something because the reason was the fucking paternity show. Because if it wasn't, he wanted his brother asking, he would have just been like, oh man, you know, blah, blah, blah. It would have been whatever the reason was. As opposed to, I just want to know, what? Five years in? Five years in. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Like, come on, bro. Really? I cannot. That's what it gets. Don't feel bad for him. So. Me either. Uh, we have a letter that just came in from oh. Colin. Rip, 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 rip. Alert. Colin. What's going on, man? Thank you for writing. And we're going to get into your letter right now. Uh, if you don't hurry up and know, bitch. Okay. He sent us a Reddit letter, so we write in we write in, in line. Okay. Episode 252, Game and Meat. What's good, y'all? Real quick, because I know Red likes to record early. Definition of a gamer. This is whatever you want to call it. Just because On Point primarily plays Call of Duty and Apex doesn't make you any less of a gamer than anybody else. We ain't game shaming out here in these streets like old girl kink shaming in that other episode with the farts. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> I also have a Reddit post since I didn't have time to truly do a live listen this week. Hope the listeners in Red like it. Laugh my ass off. Oh my God. Oh, come on. I don't want my blood pressure to get up. Fuck. Me, 27-year-old female, trying to reconnect with my mother, 47 minutes. 47-year-old female after five years in a messy love triangle. Wait, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to start off by explaining that I've been in therapy for over a year and I'm looking to move beyond the past. I grew up in a very non-traditional household. My mother was very into the swing scene and generally sex positive. I knew some of this as I got older, but she kept it out of our home. Fast forward to age 20 and I finished college early and are back at home. My mother had a new boyfriend for about a year. First time she had a long-term partner since my father almost 15 years before that. Things got very strange that year. I was very inexperienced sexually, and I had only two sexual partners, and they were both very young and inexperienced. Mother's boyfriend and I flirted a bunch and made out one time. I felt awful for potentially hurting my mother. I panicked and tearfully told my mother I was shocked at how casually normal she was about it, told me it was just sex and not love, and she had shared men with her friends in the past. This this should have been red flags for me, um, the friends part. Over the next month, I started a friends with benefit relationship with her boyfriend while she was still my mother. While he was still with my mother. He was very skilled and experienced compared to what I was used to. And the sex was awesome. But this also felt strange and I was constantly guilty. My mother got stranger and stranger with me. She began to treat me like a friend instead of her daughter sharing her sexual past in graphic detail. Talking about her experiences as a hot wife and a cuckold stuff with my father when he was still (laughs) in the picture. Wanting to share notes about the boyfriend. This went on about six months and my mother just got worse. It also became clear to me that she had a drinking problem. I broke the sexual relationship with the boyfriend, tried to convince my mother that she needed help for over a year. She refused to admit she had boundary issues with me and a drinking problem. I moved to another state and didn't talk to her for almost five years. I worked my shit out in therapy. I found out through a relative my mother has been sober for eight months. Should I reach out and make contact? Is this a bad idea? She was an amazing mother for 20 years, but the last months were so messed up. 
Too long, didn't read. Mother and I shared a lover. She treated me like a friend and had a bad drinking habit. I broke contact for five years. Should I reconnect now that she is sober? Okay, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as bad as it seemed. Uh, that LOL he put, that LMAO he put made it seem like it was going to be some real nigga. Yes, like I was going to go nuclear red or something. But, ew, ew, ew. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Because I can't even imagine that's. Of that's, course you can't imagine. You would have had to have grown up in a sex positive house and look at sex and engagement and be able to compartmentalize these different components and things. No. <laughs> you, you grew up in the opposite, goddamn. <laughs> I mean, even oh. with. I just. You know what? I The problem is hers. She knew what her mama was. She did not have to continue to pursue engagement with the mama boyfriend. When she told her mama and her mama said, oh, ain't no big deal. It's just sex. It ain't no big deal. She could have said, well, that shit felt bad. I'm not going to do it. She pursued this shit. Like, she is the one who created the dynamic for her mama to... Like, if you would not have pursued anything with that man further, your mama wouldn't have turned into, into this for you. I just think that her decision was the problem. Like... And I guess that you, if you want the relationship you used to have, yes, you need to communicate to your mama how this shit turned for you. Because it's not clear that you even... Well, it said that you tried for a year to get her yeah. to get help. But... Oh, she refused to ha admit that she had boundary issues with me. So, I feel like... Yeah, Mama Neat got some work now, but as for the origin, like, you did this shit to yourself. Well, how... So, how old... Do we know the ages of all this? That makes a difference to me. But she's 27 now, and the Mama 47. And this was like five, five years ago when she was 20. I mean, so it seemed like she had a relationship with the guy for two years. Um, so 20 years old when she came back home, engaged with mama's boyfriend, and then left after five years, five years after that. So I'm thinking that this happened at 22. I mean... You're afraid your camera froze again. Um, I, I don't know. It's parental relationships and the boundaries within. I don't know, man. Bro, just tell your mama that you don't like her talking to you about that personalized sexual shit. Just tell her that. You know, I do, but to answer the question, I do think you should reach out to your parent. I do think you should reach out to your parent. It sounds like, you know, a big part of your issue with your parent was, you know, the issues that you had with yourself at the time, too. You know, and the relationship that y'all had. And if you've handled your shit and your mama's drinking was one of the issues and she's sober now, hey, you need to go talk to her. Yeah. You know, maybe she was, you know, so consistently intoxicated that she didn't really have time to communicate with you the way that you want to be, you know? 
That's so fucking weird. That's just, I don't even know. But yeah, that's how I feel about it. Okay. I don't have, I don't have nothing to add. Um. Thanks for the letter. Thanks, Colin. Um, we might, we're not going to kink shame out here, you know, but we do need to know and understand what is comfortable for our child. Yeah. Um, if you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationcardartist at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Card Artist. Send it to us that way. You got some viral posts? Yes, viral posts, huh? Been quarantined for so long, I'm starting to hate some of my wife's co-workers, too. <laughs> yeah. Your work stories take on a different, a whole different day when you've been present for some of the bullshit. Exactly. Tired of hearing about Brianna Taylor. She not even cute. Who the fuck said that? Some bitch that nigga named Jason Malone on Facebook. So fuck him. Fuck him. What the fuck? Like the whole concept that she needs to be attractive, you know, is, you know, stupid. But let's also not invalidate that this might be a Russian bot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Russian done came out here and posted all kind of dumbass shit that makes no sense to even say in the context of what needs to be said and throwing all kind of disarray. So. And you know it's gonna be a whole bunch of dudes who you're not a whole bunch, but a handful of dudes that jump into these statuses that ain't Russian bots that's gonna be supporting what this man's saying. That's how it works. Um you meet a girl with no kids, good job, and everything looking perfect. You be sitting there confused, then she asks if you want to get drink drunk at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday, like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I don't know. I don't know what 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 my thing is then. What my what my there it is moment that niggas have. Cause I don't have kids. I have a job. Take care of myself. But I don't drink at ten o'clock in the morning. I wonder what what that moment is for them. With them two days it take for them to ask you that question <laughs> or make that statement. And you be like, no, nigga, let me tell you why. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it goes. <laughs> oh, shit. Didn't expect that. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Then they know. You're like, okay, I'm going to navigate this. Oh. I find it very interesting how the show Masked Singer hit America in January 2019, a little bit over a year before they started forcing us all into masks. It's almost like they were beginning to condition the public that masks were normal and cool. The media is demonic. Oh, my God. This is some rare random Republican. Oh, my God. You know how they be doing. This one. Professor X, what's your mutant power? Me. I can guess how many pulls to turn a ceiling fan off on the first try. Points up. Two pulls. Professor X stands up and pulls twice. Not bad, but not a power. Me. I'm kidding. I can heal paraplegics. Professor X still standing. Holy shit. <laughs> That's a good one. But I would still debate that being a superhero power. You probably should just go be a doctor. <laughs> like, are you really going to be fighting enemies that are paralyzed? <laughs> And if oh, you're fighting enemies that are... I mean, I guess if somebody... Could you I get guess, the inverse? 
like if you have the ability to heal, do you also therefore have the ability to like do the inverse? I don't know. That'll be a fucked up power to have though. But I mean, imagine if you just all your enemies you just paraplegic, boom, done. I mean, it is the only thing he can heal is paraplegic. Like, what if, what if their arms are broken? Like, what makes you be? Can you just heal spines? <laughs> you know, like, what, what is that about? Because, because it's like, well, if they spine ain't broke, I can't help. <laughs> or if, or I can't break no limbs, I can fuck their spine up though. Oh yeah, that'll be real fucked up. You could fuck up Wolverine though. Got that yeah, adamantium. Adamantium, yeah. All right, next. When I was in high school, I kept hearing about guys giving their girlfriends facials. I remember thinking, I can't wait to have a boyfriend so I can get pampered, too. Imagine my surprise when the day finally came. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I had nothing. You didn't hear people talking about that all the time in high school? Facials? No. That's some white shit. Yes, you're white. Yeah, white shit. Um... It ain't like black women don't, you know, do that shit or black men have done that shit. But like that's that's white people common dialogue. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. I've been asking my man for money every few days. I'm saving it for his PS5. He's about to pay for his own. (laughs) You know what? You know, I I really, really hate the PS5 shaming that show up on the internet when a new system. I just really hate it. I don't like it. Well, you but know? you, if there are men that you go see. That yeah, if you see the uh, bees of the guy with his arm around the girl and gay stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it, but it's like self care shaming. Goddamn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, it's, if you go get your own PS5 and you ain't like booed up with somebody just so you can get a PS5, then no, they're not talking about you. No, this ain't, I don't think this is the case. I think that the biggest part of the shaming is that men play games. Oh, you know? Man. Yeah, I think that men play games. And it's kind of like a man buying you makeup and hair products. That shit ain't got nothing to do with him. That ain't nothing. You, but he will buy it for you if you want it. Just like you would buy him something if you want it. But for some reason, a PS5 be off limits in that conversation. Like, you know he liked the shit. You know? If you can afford it, you could get it for him. But this whole dialogue about <laughs> men wanting a PS5 paid for by a woman is... I don't... It ain't even men saying this shit. I think it's just because of fuckboys. Again, I don't think it's meant to talk about men across the board. I think it's a specific group of men who use women for shit. <laughs> and those women that allow themselves to be <laughs> and go spend their bill money on a PS5 for this raggedy nigga that don't work. I mean, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Either you're going to buy him the shit or you would buy him the shit or not. You know, uh, I buy all my own systems and shit. You know, now if my girlfriend ever bought me one of those systems, I'd fucking be... I mean, I'd be... The fact that she would be willing to buy me something that she don't even fuck with, it would be one thing, you know, but it'll just be a really um, great gesture of something. But I buy my own shit. <laughs> like, I buy my own shit before people have time to buy me shit. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd just be walking in with an Xbox or a PlayStation 5 if that's what I wanted. That's kind of how I do it. But uh, if you know me well enough, you'll know what, what to get me or what to do. Next. Oh. Um, Malcolm X would have had my ass tooted up in the colored bathroom. What? I guess <laughs> this is her talking about her allegiance to Malcolm X's message, maybe? Why would he? Okay. <laughs> that what I was trying to figure out. Like, I think that she's just like, she liked Malcolm X a lot, and if she existed back then, that he she would have been an easy lay for him. When Vail first talked to me, I said, are you Hispanic? He said, yeah. I said, I don't mess with Spanish dudes and walked away. 45 days later, I was pregnant with twins. When you first saw who is now your significant other, what did you think? Well, damn. Uh, All right. Pretend the U.S. economy collapsed and gangs were roaming the streets, breaking into homes, stealing and murdering the owners. You decide to take your two-year-old son and drive up to Canada for refuge. Canada takes your son, locks him in a cage, and sends you back. That's America. <laughs> Somebody in the comments said, takes your son and your uterus. <laughs> Which is what they fucking been doing. That shit is fucking horrible, bro. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm not arguing with anybody who car note do every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespectful there. Oh, so disrespectful. Last one. Uh, once I became a parent, I finally understood the scene where Yoda gets so tired of answering Luke's questions, he just dies. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that shit's so stupid. Kids are where you are. <laughs> why? 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 Why ask why? Go somewhere. <laughs> Sit down. Shit. Stop asking me stuff. Um, okay. Um, I don't really have much, you know. Tory Lanez, everybody been talking about him and me. Tory's trash. Let's just get that out the way. Of course, Tory is trash. Tory Lanez released a whole ass album. He didn't talk about none of the shit that happened in his life no. with Megan Thee Stallion, which everybody was trying to figure out. He just basically released the album. Yes. This shit's so stupid. And I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I ain't gonna sit up here and act like I know. I, I really, prior to this whole thing with him and Meg, I really don't know nothing about Tory Lanez like, at all. Like, I don't know none of his music. I may have heard some of it, maybe. Um, But to use this to sell an album, It's problematic. It's problematic. Um, and I haven't listened to the little song. All right, so I'm going to read uh, the beginning of this article at least. I guess it'll give us some insight as to kind of what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. But this says that Rick Ross and Tory Lanez beef over Daystar album, Breonna Taylor protest. Rick Ross and Tory Lanez are sparring on social media following the release of his new album, Daystar. On the 
album's lead song, Money Over Falls, the 28-year-old Canadian rapper and singer whose real name is Daystar Peterson, denies claims that he shot Megan Thee Stallion in the foot after a Hollywood Hills party in July. This is a quote. Got a couple of gotta see a couple of questions. How the fuck you get shot in your foot? Don't hit no bones attendance. Lane's raps on the track. Megan people trying to frame me for a shooting, knowing I ain't do it, but I'm coming at my truest. Ross clearly wasn't impressed by the Daystar project or the fact that it was released one day after a Kentucky jury brought no charges against Louisville police for the death of Brianna Taylor. Tory Lane's poor decision, brother. Dropping that project just out of respect for Breonna Taylor, bro. We got to respect these sisters. That ain't how you address the accusations you're facing. That was a poor choice, homie. You ain't getting no money with that shit. He responded to his video on Twitter, right? now. I respect you too much as a black man to disrespect you in these times. However, I went out in March nine days straight for Breonna Taylor in your city. I didn't see the boss out there once. Also, stop tagging your endorsements and post about her. It's a poor decision at Rick Ross. He came off the... Uh, Rick Ross came back and said, first off, little boy... I appreciate how you responded swiftly to Rose, but that's how you should have did the sister that accused you of shooting. That's what you owe her family. That's what you owe all the black women in America. Um, he also responded to the claim that he wasn't doing for the process. More importantly, let's get you, let's get to you protesting. Ross said, you ain't protesting Miami. The only reason you was out there was because the condo that you stayed in fifteen hundred a month and the damn protest was coming right down though. So you went down there and took a photo op. Poor Decisions is putting together an album and trying to profit off some shit that people like myself was wishing to hear you address this shit and move on. Not get a wax on or wax off or whack album that's going to get you no money, no new supporters. So, little boy, boss up. Damn. So, he really got on this. He got on a whole record and said, I ain't do it. <laughs> like, if you didn't do it, like, that makes it sound like you did it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Like, why wouldn't you have just said that shit from the jump? Hey, everybody, I didn't shoot Megan Thee Stallion. I don't know why she's trying to curb it that way, but I didn't. He was silent until he released. Like, did, did it happen? And he'd be like, this would be a good-ass album release. You know, all publicity is good publicity. Nigga, no. I don't know what he was thinking, why he thought this was a good idea, but it wasn't a good idea. Um, I just, you know, we got to stop making it okay, this this abuse of women and black women especially, like, it's, it's not all right. That's not cool. You know, we deal with quite enough already. You know, the decision that they made on Breonna Taylor this week was ass. And the thing about it is, what's so fucked up is that I feel like everybody knew that's what was going to happen, but we still, we still have like these little bits of hope that at some point there will be some kind of a change that, that, that they'll see us. And that got dashed with the announcement of the charge one they're not charging him with the death of her and then the shit he, they are charging him with is bullshit i don't know man i, I just i don't respect i ain't never listened to tory lane so i, I, I mean I, even if i was a fan of him before like i like chris brown first album but like it ain't like I try to indict somebody forever for the shit they do, you know, when it's like that. But it just took the taste of desire to listen out of my mouth, if, you know, that makes sense. It just yeah. it just took my 
my internal desire to listen to him out because he just don't seem to be a good dude, you know, like, yeah. um, and Chris Brown ain't shown to been shown to care to look like a good dude since that happened, you know. So he may be cool, but like to have a whole uh, a chain with a fucking um to have a chain with like a razor blade on it, <laughs> like it's it's chopping up cocaine and stuff like that. You know that just it's stupid. But uh, what if you got anything else? Uh, if you don't, I'm gonna go down these stories I got. Well, um, let me see. I'm sure. If, uh... Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I don't have anything else. <laughs> you go ahead. All right. Have you heard anything about Chris Rock? Mm-mm. Chris Rock. Um. Has been diagnosed with nonverbal learning disorder. Did you know that? Chris Rock had a what? He's been diagnosed with nonverbal learning disorder. Oh. So it was originally thought that it may be Asperger's, but he took a nine-hour battery of tests that diagnosed him with nonverbal learning disorder. And it's crazy because I read this, and, and before I read any more, I was like, fuck, he is a successful-ass comedian, a successful-ass actor, funny, the community likes him, like, and, 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 and you know, I remember, and it's like looking at somebody from the lens of what their success looks like. It's the same thing that everybody did with Robin Williams. It's like, but he funny. He got everything. He always be smiling and stuff, but not looking at what that is for his experiences. Experience. So he said, one of the things is I have a hard time picking up social cues. Like when I talk to people, I hear the words, but if you're mad at me, if you're feeling a certain way, I might have a hard time picking it up. And so he went on to say that it, it, it's helped him relax. He said, I used to have a squirrel like energy. You can't sneak up on a squirrel. It's always alert. He's scared all the time, and it's gone. I'm much more relaxed now. And he said that it can be helpful for his comedy, but detrimental for one-on-one relationships. He said, all I understand are the words. By the way, all of those things are really great for writing jokes. They're not just great for one-on-one relationship, and I've always chalked it up to being famous. Anytime someone would respond to me in a negative way, I think, whatever, they're responding to me. Something has to do something that has to do with who they think I am. Now I'm realizing it was me. A lot of it was me. So he wasn't really understanding how people were responding to him in his environment. So that's crazy. I mean, that's just crazy to me that he can have attained this level of success and be struggling with stuff that's deep enough for him to be like, I need to fucking figure out what this is, yo. You know, and go figure it out. Yeah. So... That was really interesting news story for me to me. Um Wells Fargo CEO. Um he came out and said that there is a limited pool of black talent to recruit from. Uh so basically, um as all of these companies have been calling for more diversity, um he came out and basically said that while it might sound like an excuse, there's 
the unfortunate reality is that there's a very limited pool of black talent to recruit from. Um, now, the crazy part of this is that, like, as a CEO of Wells Fargo, you have all of the power to create a program that starts to train and prepare black people. You could partner with HBCUs and, you know, create opportunities for them to grow, to become put in that role. You could look at people in your organization that are um, black and promote opportunities for them to go to school or do something to grow in your environment. This is just another one of those white America moments where you basically say, well, America's white. Ain't nothing we can do about it. Like, that ain't the answer to some shit like that. You're actually a white person in power. You can actually do something to change it. So it's really irritating to see that, you know, this situation like this. Like, it's telling out there. If you can't find it, then you don't want to fucking find it. Um, it's how I look. Now, Trump came out with a $500 billion platinum plan for black folks. And let me tell you my original thought about this. I really feel like Trump collaborated with some black people that ain't really black and asked them what she named the shit. And I feel like he named this shit after Platinum Fubu. That's how I feel. I feel like he named this shit after Platinum Fubu. <laughs> because he knew it was some shit that black people was fucking with at one time. Motherfuckers were wearing that goddamn fat album shit on their back. And he was like, what can I name this that'll make the black people like say, ooh, you know, platinum chains, platinum. I feel like he used like popular culture to name this shit. And you're not going to convince me otherwise. This ain't even language that Trump used. <laughs> you know, so I just wonder why all the other candidates would name this shit like the Frederick Douglass plan for black folks in America or the Harriet plan or shit like that. This man like platinum plan. Like we finna goddamn uh get a membership for the plan like if you pay forty dollars a month into this membership then you get to you know get some of this black american plan that trump got set up um he's basically talking about adding on uh, one and a half million jobs and uh, um helping to open five hundred thousand small black businesses the crazy part is bro if you can do this shit now if you could do this shit now, you could have did this shit then, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you could have. All right. I'm just going to read through this whole fucking thing. Because the reality is, this is, to me, bullshit. It is a an overreach at what can be achieved by a president that I don't really feel is going to try to achieve it. I think that it's just something to put out here to say, look what I'm doing. It'll help y'all. But I don't think he would ever intend to do it. The adverse side of that is, I don't think Trump is beyond doing something extreme to try to bring the black vote to the Republican Party. So if he were to do this shit, like if he were to do something close to this shit, like if Trump would just bite the bullet and do something close to this shit, then, bruh, he would take a lot of the black vote because this would be something that says they're doing it. I just don't think he would do it because this would contrast so deeply with his base 
that they're going to be like, well, what you doing all this for them niggers for? <laughs> but this is it. One check, first check mark is opportunity. By achieving historic employment levels for black Americans as well as increasing access to capital for new businesses, President Trump has been committed to ensuring all black Americans can achieve the American dream. Security. By signing into law the celebrated First Step Act, President Trump has brought common sense criminal justice reform to the American people for the first time in decades while ensuring that our streets and communities are safe for families and business owners. Uh, that America right now contra contrasts with that. Uh, prosperity. As the first president to provide long-term funding to historically black colleges and universities, the administration continues to seek immediate and generational advancement for black Americans. That, it was Congress. He taking, um, taking credit for it, you know, because that's what Trump does. He goes out and says, hey, y'all, HBCUs, come and take a picture with me. I'm going to give y'all all this money. Then he'd be like, I ain't finna sign that shit. My base ain't gonna like that. Congress, y'all fucking do something with it. Then Congress pass it because everybody done put pressure on Congress to pass it. And then Trump be like, look what I did for black people. And that's the fuel for his base to say that Trump ain't racist. That's how that shit works. Then the last one is fairness. As demonstrated through his actions to initiate investment in opportunity zones as well as just health disparities, wage gaps, and necessary education for him, President Trump works every day to advance the fair and just American for black community. Not since he fucking uh, ended all goddamn um, race-related trainings. I don't know if you knew that, but Trump ended all race-related trainings um, in the government, period, saying that those trainings were dividing America. So that is the stuff that make me say this is fucking bullshit because he do sit shit to con contrast what is written on this piece of paper. Now, if you look at this list of, of things to do, if he could do this shit, yeah, he'll fuck up the black vote for the Democrats. The Democrats will have to level up their fucking game. And that's the conversation we're having right now. Can the Democrats level up on what they're willing to do for black people and how they're willing to cater to the black person, black man's vote? Because they just been kind of riding the wave of that vote since fucking LBJ and Ronald Reagan and shit. So... Three million new jobs for the black community, 500,000 new black-owned businesses, increased access to capital in black communities by almost 500 billion, safe urban neighborhoods with the highest policing standards, commit to working on a second step act, access to better education and job training opportunities, give black churches the ability to compete for federal resources for their community, bring better and tailored healthcare to address historic disparities, immigration policy that protects American jobs, advance home ownership opportunities and enhance financial literacy in the black community and onshoring manufacturing to address to advance jobs and develop opportunities for black owned businesses. If he so could he do could a have been done this. One, he could have been done it. Two, I don't believe he's gonna do it. Three, if for some reason he would to fuck around and do it, then yes, he this would be this would be what like if he did one of these things before the presidency or, or looked like he was gonna do one, yeah, that'll fuck up the election. I just don't think he's going to do that shit. Like, why would he give black folks something if he ain't giving his base nothing? You know, and he's, his whole campaigning and everything he do has been predicated on what he's going to do for his base. You know, so that's what it is. Um, but uh, I guess that's about it, man. I got It's a couple more things out here. Um, The lawyer that killed Jacob Blake said that he thought Blake was trying to kidnap a child. Um, yeah, the one that shot Jacob Blake in the back seven times. Um, then uh, the uh, attorney general for Brianna Taylor's boyfriend shot at cop is unsupported by ballistics. So what they're trying to assert in this statement 
is that it's possible that that cop that was shooting through the window all crazy actually shot his other cop. And then those cops returned fired because they were shot by the other cop. <sighs> instead of the boyfriend having actually shot him. Yeah. Which I don't think would mean shit to nobody because Charles Barkley out here was like, you can't call, you know, Breonna Taylor the same as George Floyd and Jacob Blake because her boyfriend shot at the cops. And that irritated that irritates me so bad. It ain't really far from Charles Barkley brand of how he engage and communicate about the black community. But it's a lot of bullshit that you have to believe, in my opinion, to get to the uh, deduction that Charles Barkley has made. If you're going to blame Breonna Taylor's boyfriend for shooting, first off, you have to be okay with the system giving uh, a warrant for them to do a no-knock raid without evidence to indicate that Breonna Taylor or her house was involved in any of that shit. And you know how we know? Because after they actually searched her house, they found no evidence that she was at all involved. So you have to be okay with the cops, you know, getting the warrant for a house, going there, raiding the bitch, not finding shit um, because it was likely the wrong house or, or they had no business coming there and shooting somebody in there on, on a, a situation they shouldn't be there with anyway. That's, you got to accept that. Another thing you got to accept is that, you know, so I don't know if you know how the self-defense laws work here, but if you... If me and you get into a gunfight at the mall, Red, and you shoot at me first, and I pull out my gun and start shooting at you, anybody I kill is on you. Because I started. I because you started it. And I'm defending myself from your actions. So your original actions is what caused all the extra shit. And this is a law that works for the common person, but it's also a law that is predominantly used by police. So if somebody shoot at the police and the police start just blasting and 30 people die, that means that that person who started to shoot and get 30 bodies, not the police. Yeah. And so it's predominantly used for police to get out of their shit. And so with Breonna Taylor's case, because the boyfriend shot, the fact that the police officer shot Breonna Taylor makes it okay because they were only responding to a, another person shooting, which you got to understand how complicated that shit get if it turns out that his bullet ain't even the one that pierced the cop. But I think they would still use the fact that he shot back and they were shooting back in self-defense to still say that everything that they already said. But it's fucked up, you know, and another fucked up component of this whole thing with Breonna Taylor because, you know, if, I mean, if you don't know by now, fucking... What they said about Breonna Taylor is that, you know, all of this shit was justified by the cops. The only cop that got charged is the cop whose bullets went into the other person's home. And it's because they went into the other person's home. Because he was shooting so recklessly that he could have harmed a pregnant woman in the in the house next door. But nobody is going to get any consequences for harming the person that lived there in a house that they shouldn't have been in in the first place. And you got to understand that that... Oh, man, this system is so fucked up. Uh, and the biggest problem I have with it is that they call justice whatever the grand jury return. Yep. That's what they call justice. But they only call it justice when it's a black person in the situation. If a white person in the situation, it's unfair, you know? Um, it was a woman at a baseball game getting arrested by the police because she didn't have a mask. And I don't think she was getting arrested. I think they were just putting her out of the game. Mm -hmm. But she was resisting and all kind of shit. And he tased her. And everybody in there were like, oh, my... People on the video, why did he tase her? Why did he tase her? Well, if this was a black person, you'll be saying that he should have fucking complied. 
that motherfucker is the law. Don't nobody ask if the law is right or wrong in what they saying when they, you know, in these situations. They just always say, you should have complied, Blackie. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's crazy that the, the double-edged sword and the double standards of how people engage with this conversation is crazy based on whether you are you black. But that being said, rest in peace, Breonna Taylor. Um, fuck you, Atten- uh, Atten- uh, Attorney General Cameron. Um, and uh, I guess the city's just going to have to keep burning for a little while until the next black person die. Because you know what, Ren, it's coming. Oh, yeah. It's fucking coming. It's coming. But anyway, that's it. That's all I got. All right. You got anything else on your mind? I do not. All right. Well, until we come to the next conversation. Yep. Holla. Holla.